Yeah, no. I wasn't expecting that at all. Now he's hella rich. Good for him. <laughs> and for when. Now he's hot and rich. <laughs> <laughs> Romance in the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we are back in the Hathaway's world with Seduce Me at Sunrise by Lisa Claypass. This is the second book in the Hathaway series, as I just said. Um, this one is about Kev and Wynn. Um, make sure to go and listen to the first episode in the series, which was about uh, Mind Till Midnight, if you haven't already, obviously. Um, and also, casual reminder that we also read the entirety of the Wallflower series last year. Um, so that's also up on our page if you want to go ahead and listen to those. Yeah. So, Seth. Yes. What is this book about? Well, this is about uh, the much-anticipated, I guess, story of Kev much and Much-anticipated? Much-anticipated for me and also as was curious about them. It's so. a global phenomenon. Yes. <laughs> Everyone is waiting with bated breath for this book. I'm sorry, but Kevin, like, when, I'm pretty sure when the first book came out, people were like, oh my gosh, I need their book. Yeah, I can see it. So in my head, I think they're much anticipated. Sure, okay, much anticipated for Seth. Anyways, continuing on. So the book starts off with a flashback. Uh, not doesn't start off, but it starts off with when going off to get treatment for... Um, her illness she had scarlet fever mm -hmm. and it left her weak and unable to you know walk or like do any sort of strenuous activity so she left to get her treatment and it flashes back to when they were children and we find kev who was rescued by the hathaway family um as a young child him growing up in this family and being a part of this family and um him and win kind of form a, a bond really early on in their i guess their childhood and they've always had this bond and she got like i said scarlet fever and then things kind of went downhill in terms of like her health and he kind of you know never let himself reach that level of you know love or like anything like a relationship was never an idea for him anyways cut to two years later uh she comes back she's healed like she's not fully healed but she's like on the cusp of being fully healed anyway so she comes back and She's a new woman, and she is. She came with a goal to, you know, seduce Mary Pin and maybe somehow get him to see her as a romantic partner. Yeah, she also brings Dr. Harrow, and he was a doctor who helped heal her, um, and thus starts the push and pull that is Kev and Mary, not Mary Pin, Kev and Wynn. So. <laughs> Let's start with you, Seth. How Me. about we do that? Because I feel like we never start with you. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about this book upon your reread? Well, I think I've been maybe vocal with everyone that I talked about the series that this is one of my favorites. And 
I was kind of nervous to go back to it because I haven't read it in such a long time and because I kind of was worried that my feelings might have changed reading it. Um, but nope, safe to say, I still loved this book. I loved the characters. I, it really fed me the angst that I wanted. And like, this book was hella angsty and I love angst. That being said, their story was beautiful to read about again. And yeah, I wasn't bored at all reading this book again for like the third time, I think. Yeah. Um, this was the second time. Oh, third time. Wow. Uh, this was the second time for me. Um, First time I read it, um, I enjoyed it, obviously, but I remember it not being my favorite in the series. Um, Beyond that, I honestly did not remember anything from this book (laughs) whatsoever. So it was, for me, it was kind of going into it as if it's kind of like a new book. Mm Because, like, obviously, as I was reading it, I remembered, you know, little bits and pieces of it. But for the most part, it kind of felt new to me. Um, and I will say, I was honestly pleasantly surprised. Like, I ended up liking this more, I think, the second time around than I did the first time around. Um, I will say, second chance at love, or whatever it's called, second chance romance, is never really my favorite trope. Uh, also, childhood friends to lovers is not my favorite trope. Mm-hmm. And so, I always... And the reason for that is because I love the falling in love part of a romance. Books, you know, yeah. that's that's what gets me going. That that what's that's what feeds my soul. Um, and here, you don't get that as much. It's very mm-hmm. much like the um, the after part. Like you know, they are in love. That's kind of like a fact. Both of them know this about themselves, and they know this about the other. It's just a question of like letting themselves get there together if that makes sense so it's a different kind of story for me something I'm not used to and something I don't really reach for very often I did feel like I was missing those parts but because of the whole setting and because of their you know respective lives and where they come from uh it didn't bother me per se because like if anything this felt weirdly like the closest lisa claypass has ever come to like a mating bond (laughs) right (laughs) it's very much like oh it was faded type of thing you know so for that reason like it's not like it bothered me but i still like was missing that yeah you know just a little bit but i really like them as characters you know and i i do enjoy their Uh, relationship together and I do feel like I would feel the angst more deeply if I had seen the falling in love part of the relationship Mm. since I I haven't I was still feeling the emotions you know like I wasn't like you know bored or anything Mm -hmm. but I feel like I would have felt it more had I gotten those earlier you know the, the earlier stage of like hey I like this dude so did you end up loving it a little bit more than the first time we filmed? I did. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's what I said. I, I liked it more this time around, okay. I think, than I did the first time the, the first time I read it. But do you still prefer Mind Till Midnight over Seduce Me at, Seduce Me at Sunrise? I think I prefer this book Okay. to the first one. Okay. But for me, this series has always been the last three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I can see that. All right, yeah. S, I'm, I'm like dying to hear your thoughts. The only thing I want to say is that I want to find someone that will love me like Kev. Right. Like Kev loves when 
I, right? Isn't it so beautiful, but also so... It is. He was like a shell of a man when she went for two yeah. years. And it, like my heart breaks. I love him. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I cut in. Continue. No, no, no. Um, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than I was expecting. I did feel a little bit of the angst. I did. I wasn't as annoyed with their like push and pull that they had throughout the book. The only, my only fucking issue I have with it, with this story is the fact that they didn't burn down the wardrobe with Dr. With Harrow the guy being in it. In it. <laughs> He's Dr. <laughs> it's not Dr. Harrow. It's Dr. Hell no. <laughs> he, to be honest, he should have died. He should have. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean. The fact that he killed his first wife and was planning to yeah, kill Mary Pym. Yeah. Um, not cool. Mm. Not cool, dude. And who knows who else he killed? Yeah, true. Yeah. But I loved it. It was, it was, I think I loved it more than the first book, I okay. will say. No, this book yeah. holds a special place in my heart. And I think it, like Marge mentioned, it kind of felt like a mating bond. And for me, in the sense where they literally could not live without each other. They're at that point mm-hmm. in their life, like, they're so dependent on, like, each other's love, but also just, like, their presence. That, like, being without them meant, like, they couldn't really live without the other person. Yeah. When we recorded Mind Till Midnight, I said, I think this is Lisa Claypass's attempt at, like, a loose, like, a book that's loosely based on Weathering Heights. Yeah. And remember that quote from Weathering Heights that's, like, whatever our souls are made of. His and mine are the same. It's that. No, of course. And I even feel like down to his confession of love when they're on the terrace, like that confession is one of my favorites ever. And it, it's so, it reads so Heathcliff-like. And like, I can, I have yeah. it, I can pull it up. But it's just like the way that he just says it. And like, it's not even like, it's not even coming from a place of love. It's just like a, like a place from like anger and just. But also desperation. Like he's desperate yeah. when he says that. He's, Yeah. Read it, please. Okay, okay. It's worth it. So this is on, this is where they're on the terrace. She just danced with Dr. Harrow at the ball for uh, Simon and Annabelle's place. And um, Maripin kind of kicks Dr. Harrow back inside and then him and Wen kind of have it out. And he tells her, um, all the fires of hell could burn for a thousand years and it wouldn't equal what I feel for you in one minute of the day. I love you so much. There's no pleasure in it. Nothing but torment. Because if I could do- dilute what I feel for you to the millionth part, it would still be enough to kill you. And even if it drives me mad, I would rather see you live in the arms of that cold, soulless bastard than die in mine. Oh, I love him. And that shows a fucking mindset. How did you not faint on the spot? He even, like, at the beginning of the book, he references Hades and Persephone. Yes. And he sees himself as Hades. And yes. he's like, I don't want to drag her into death and darkness with me. And I was like, okay, Kev, hitting all of my button, buttons here. I yeah. see. <laughs> and I love how Wynne was like, maybe she wanted to stay. Because the, the sisters were like, why would she just eat pomegranates? Like, why would you do that? And then Wynne's like, maybe she just wanted to stay. So she just ate pomegranates, you know? Like, she just. Yeah wanted to stay what if she wanted to stay in the darkness with him yeah what if she liked it there yeah all right so (laughs) um first off there's a lot of well i mean maybe i'm getting ahead of myself but uh there's a lot of mentions of a certain harry rutledge in this book and that's that's relevant (laughs) oh my gosh girl you could you could wait a bit (laughs) 
Fine. Well, I mean... No, you already brought him up. Let's talk about him. I, I, I just wanted to say, there's a lot of mentions of that. And, you know, if you know anything about the series, then you may or may not know that, you know, he may or may not have a role coming up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all this to say, I'm just very excited to see S's response to him. And she hasn't Could go him. either way. I know. Okay. I'm I, I'm just I like I said I'm very very uh, ahead you know I'm I'm shouldn't be talking about this right now but I'm so just... is he a, like a fan favorite? No, <laughs> he's a Marge favorite. Oh. Uh, is he? No, but I love him too. He's an interesting character. He's not he's not a Marge favorite. He's he is what he is, and he's a controversial one. Yes. I think he's the most. I think he's the most controversial Lisa Claypass mm. hero. I think Derek Craven, yes, but he stands on, like, his own. I'm talking in terms of, like, her series. Maybe Tom. Mm. No, I feel like there's something about Harry that everyone, like, he rubbed. Tom is not controversial. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I can't think of any. I just feel like for Harry, he rubbed people the wrong way. A lot of people. The wrong way. (laughs) But the good way for me, anyway. (laughs) The right way. Same. I loved him. You guys are talking about him. When am I going to meet him? When is his book? book? Next book. Okay. He's he's Poppy's guy. Okay. I guess then we shall see. I don't know. Honestly, I'm just saying that because it could go either way. You know, like I've been so wrong with my predictions so far when it comes to S. Yeah. That I just don't know. You know, she might read the book and be like, that's what y'all wanted me to read. Yeah. And also she might be like, best fucking thing ever. I don't know. Um. No, fair warning though. That book, it took me... Maybe one read and then another reread to fully appreciate that book, wow. to be honest. At wow. least for me. Like, that was young Sephra. But speaking of Leo, we're still jumping all over the place. But anyways, yeah. he is the brother. <laughs> he is a sibling that gets chosen or just decides, I guess, to go with Wynne to France to heal. And during that yeah. time, he also kind of healed himself. How did you feel about his character? Because you're seeing him after, like, post-suicide attempt. I feel like he grew a lot in this book. And then he shared some wisdom. There was a line that he shared with Kev. Where I was like, yes! Yo, that whole scene when <laughs> Kev is in the prison or whatever. And yeah. he's rotting away. And Leo has this whole speech. I was like clapping yes. right from the sidelines. I was like, yes, Leo. All these things coming out of you are just perfect right now. It was such a good speech. And like when he told, like, I think he told Kev, yeah. He's like, would you not want to live with her like do you not have the courage to live with her you have the courage to die for her or with her oh let me say it let me say that line let me say that line i have it highlighted oh sorry he says if you had the bollocks to die with her don't you think you could work up the courage to live with her and i'm just like that got me right there right yeah Yeah. leo and i love how he's like you know what don't let him out yet let me get a running start but then let him out (laughs) (laughs) um yeah because the thing is and that really got me in the feels when Leo said uh, that he knew that when Wynn was really unwell, Kev had prepared enough of whatever it was yeah. that he prepared to off himself if she were to die. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> no. And then you find like the reason why Leo was so hateful towards Mary Pin. Because he's like, you saved me. Because he denied that, yeah. Yeah, you denied me the chance of reuniting with Laura in death, but you were going to do it anyway with Wynn. And I love that we were able to see that in the flashback chapter of, like, yeah. him, like, reaching that spot and, like, you know, with Wynn dying in his arms. And he's 
Yeah. So, sorry, I just choked on my spit. <laughs> she got choked up. <laughs> she got so emotional. Literally. Uh, anyways, yes. Yeah, so like him, like being able to be in his head at that moment in the flashback is really, uh, really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, and Leo says said something like, at least speaking. Uh, I think her name was Laura. Yeah, Laura. Laura. I think he says something like, at least she died knowing that she was loved. Mm-hmm. And you're ne- you're not even going to give that to win, even though, like, every fucking, everyone fucking knows. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows. Yeah. I love the scene when after they've gotten together, they've had sex. Oh, well, I mean, I shouldn't jump the... Why are we jumping we can, so we can far? Go. Well, because I just wanted to say, um, I just love how nobody has a fucking reaction. Everyone's right? like, yeah, y'all fucked all- through the entire night. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah. No, Cam reminded me of the mom from Mean Girls, and <laughs> where he's like, "Do you need anything like condoms?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when he comes to the cottage with like food and clothes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I'm, I was gonna jump again. I'm gonna not do that, and I'm gonna go back to something I briefly mentioned. Okay. Um, I realized while reading this book that the whole kidnapping tradition that I talked about in the last episode yeah. until midnight. Uh, I think this was in this book. <laughs> I think that that was a memory from this book that I thought was happened in the first one. Or does it also happen the in the first The kidnapping happens one? in the first book. It just got cut out. Remember? It got cut out from the first book. But it's here as well. And the way that it's here is the way I was remembering it. Oh, okay. Well, it did happen in the first book. But in this one, I feel like okay. it, was, it was explained so, a bit more. And I feel like you got more of the Romani culture. It was hot. Let me tell you. It was hot. It was so hot. It As did hot. you at least have that scene, or did, was that cut out? Yeah, no, yeah, it no, was it's in, in the audiobook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was hot, and I don't want to talk about the sex only 20 minutes into this episode, but let me tell you, it was good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Let Kev, let it be known that Kev uh, was the only one so far that has uh, introduced bondage and... Uh, other things she's also the first one who's given head she's given head yeah she gave head to him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is it really she's the, the first, first one? one to do that yeah in, I, I think so yeah maybe evie in devil in winter yeah Briefly when he was uh hurt you know when he was on the mend but not sure yes no no, no. i think she did but um yeah no when when was just thirsty Wynn just wanted a, a taste. Yeah. <laughs> she got it. She got the taste. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but for real, like, I really wasn't expecting these sex scenes to be as hot as they were. But there's, like, a raw sensuality to Kev that mm-hmm. cannot be understated. He's so aware of his physicality that it completely transforms scenes for me. Like, you just feel that he's so... There's so much intent in what he's doing with his body. You know what I mean? Like, he's very attentive, but also in control of the situation and what's happening. And he's very much, like, present. Like, you feel that he's present with his... You know, in his body. Which could come from the fact that he was, you know, seen as, like, a warrior back, way back when he was, you know, still with, with his tribe. Which, when you fight, 
you're very, very aware of your body. You're very, yeah. you know, focused and grounded in your own body. So I get that feeling from him. Like, he's very physical in that way. And it just adds to the sex scenes for me. No, I was going to say, I feel like I could say the opposite. Like, he was very much not in control in their first few encounters. You know, like, when she first comes back from France and she goes to his bedroom, he has zero control. Even when he realizes it's when he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, going to fuck her right now. And then he pulls back finally. And then the second time when they're in the museum and then, like, legit, they, like, start making out, like, in a corridor. And, like, mm-hmm. he has zero control. But then, like, once he makes that decision that he's going to love her and be with her, yes, that's when he has his control. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, when they actually start having sex. Yeah. Like, when he... he finally breaks down and he's like all right i'm i'm doing this i cannot not do this like it's inevitable we have to be together and then he yeah. just does the thing and he kidnaps her which is lovely i just like <laughs> lisa <laughs> lisa claypass writes their relationship with such desperation that you mm-hmm. feel it as a reader like for me i felt how much they yearn for one another like, just between words, I just think it's so interesting to me that, like, I felt it so immensely. Uh, but uh, to backtrack a little bit, sorry, this is chaotic. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of this book, Wynn is very much sick and tired of uh, Kev. <laughs> yeah. Of his denial of what they could have, but he refuses that for the both of them. He denies them that happiness together and she's like all right you know what i've spent so much of my fucking life in a bed being sick not being able to do what i want to do um being seen as an invalid and she's like okay well he doesn't want me that's fine i'm gonna find myself someone else i'm gonna move on i'm gonna find something else and like sure okay the guy that she finds is not stellar (laughs) but you know I like that she had that intention. She was like, okay, you know what? You don't want me. That's fine. But I'm at the at a place in my life where I have this, like, hunger for life. You know, yeah. she's very much like she wants to live. She wants to love. She wants to be happy. She wants to do all the things that she wasn't able to do before. And she, if that's not with Kev, then that's not with Kev. And that's fine with her. She's going to move on with someone else. And I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. No, I really, I liked that, and I liked that she indicated that. (laughs) But can we talk about the moment when she comes back and Dr. Harrow is literally, um, you know, trying to help her with her breathing exercises, and they're doing yoga, I think. And then Kev comes in, he sees her literally in, like, clothes that look like her underwear, and he freaks out. How did you guys feel about that? He's so jealous and so possessive. We love to see it. Uh, but d- don't jump over the scene where she comes back to his room that first night. He mistakes her for prostitute. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I gasped at that part. Okay, Mr. Man. I can make use of you tonight. And I'm yeah. like this bitch. <laughs> so isn't it like a known fact that the only women he was having sex with were prostitutes? I think so, yeah. Like, he never had a mistress. Mm-mm. He never had, like, just a lady, you know, a lady friend. It was always, like, prostitutes. Like, he yeah. paid for it. He never um, cared. It sounds yeah. bad, but he never cared about anyone but when. Yeah. And I feel he, he probably felt very, uh, he, he felt comfortable with it being a, a transaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he probably didn't want it any other way. So, so wait, I have a, 
I have a question real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Is, was it Cam's book where he pretends? Was it Cam's book or whose book was it? No. Craven? Where he pretends Sarah. Where he holds the prostitute for the night. Yeah, yeah, that oh, was Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, situation, yeah, yeah. do you prefer that situation yeah. or this situation where he sleeps with prostitutes but he doesn't care? I'm not the, I'm not the right person to ask. Neither of them bother it, me. I'm, well, I'm, okay, I'm asking Seth because of the discussion we had when we recorded that. Sure. Okay, so in this case, I think I thought, like, when, where she's like, we're not romantically involved, we never made promises to one another, I think I'm okay with it in the sense where, like, he had zero emotions with that person that he is sleeping with. But I I also find it heartbreaking that he never allowed himself to form connections with anyone else, you know? Like, he's just, he's so isolated. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, like, it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, I understood what was going on and I understood where he was coming from. But, like, when um, they weren't promised to one another. What about you, S? How did you feel? No, I, I know I, you had issues about what was going on with Derek and the prostitute. No, but I just gasped, and I guess it was expected. Like, it, I agree with what you said, that they weren't promised to one another. He just slept with people just just to get off. Like, there yeah. wasn't any intimate connection, yeah. so. And the way he was lifting up her dress and, yeah. like, getting ready to fuck her on the table. But doesn't it phase you guys that, like... He doesn't even ask a question. Like, who sent you to me? Where are you coming from? Who do you work for? What are your prices? He just, just like, okay, you're here. Great. Maybe. I just, like, what? Maybe your guy Harry just has connections and, like, he has, like... Oh, he sends ladies? I wouldn't put it past him, to be honest. So. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. Um, Speaking of... No, I'm doing a very bad uh, transition here. Um, I'm not going to do it, in fact. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Kev's mindset okay. re- regarding this relationship, shall we? Yes. He says, Kev had, well, he doesn't say that. He, you know, it's in his POV. Uh, it says, Kev had nothing to offer Win except degradation. And I was like, wow, that is a strong word. Yeah. That shows, like, this is not just, like, oh, he has no self-esteem or, like, you know, he doesn't see his own worth or whatever. Degradation is, like, to me, a whole other level. To me, anyway, the, the images that it brings up is, like, violence and humiliation. Mm. Isn't that... And he's so soft with her, and yet he still sees himself is that like he still believes that that's what he would give yeah well I mean imagine I can't even imagine to be honest living the way he did as a child living in basically the worst living environments not even having a bed to call his own treated like a dog yeah he's not even given food he's like his uncle expects him to die basically he's forced to fight to to the death with others so he's killed people yeah his upbringing was not the kindest and of course he finds the Hathaway's and of course they're loving and of course they want him to better himself in terms of education and like going to like college and finding a life for himself. But like when you don't have that, like, like you said, self-worth and not even realizing how much you are worth, like how much you are worth it. It's just like, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, he's never really grew, grown to love himself or like he was never mm-hmm. taught to love himself, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
And he even says, if Wynn married one day, it would have to be to a gentleman, a gentle man. Yes. I love the play on words here because she repeats that. You know, he says to a gentleman, then she says to a gentle man. And I'm like, baby boy, you are a gentleman. You are so gentle to her. You are. And I love the little callback that Wynn makes to, um, you know, when she goes to her room and like, you know, Hampshire and the mansion that's like newly done again. So she goes back and then she sees the wallpaper and it's like Robin's. And then she recalls that he used to clean her window every single day so she could see the birds. (laughs) He was so careful about choosing that wallpaper. He was so particular about what it was going to be. Yeah. (laughs) My heart. My heart. It's just he never recognized how gentle and kind he was towards Wynne and, like, how much Mm. of his heart she held. And it just, like, it mind-boggles me that he doesn't see his worth. But, I mean, at the same time, like you said. He sees himself as a villain. Yeah, he does. Yet he couldn't be further from being a villain, you know? Like, he was taken into this family. He's been taking care of this family as an older brother for decades Mm -hmm. because the actual older brother was not doing his fucking job you know he's been taking care of 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 when he's been so so gentle with her and you know just to me the fact that he questions whether or not he could hurt her just proves that he's gentle in his nature that he you know cares and wants to be very careful with her no and it's like he doesn't even recognize his own like gentleness with Beatrice and Poppy and even Amelia him and Amelia have an interesting bond where like they kind of rely on each other and like they're kind of like the authoritative figure for the younger sisters and he doesn't recognize his relationship that he's built with those women and even Leo, yeah. like, I feel like him and Leo also, like, they had, yes, a struggling bond. But, like, by the end of the story, it's very much cemented and it's very much, like, on equal ground. Speaking of Leo, <laughs> um, there's a new character introduced here. Yes. Uh, the governess. Miss Marks. Um, who him, Leo, and uh, the governess have a little bit of a rivalry going on. I'm just interested to know what S thinks of that. Yeah, what do you think? So far, uh, I'm not as intrigued, I guess. I think book three will... Uh, we'll see. Cement that we'll for see. you. I hope so. I but uh, how did you feel about... You can't even mention Leo and Miss Marks without even mentioning Dodger. The star of the show, yes. Yes, the, the star the of the show. The <laughs> the ferret. How did you feel about uh, this ferret that loves Miss Marks's uh, garter belts? <laughs> okay, so the ferret... I love the ferret. I love that little animal thrown into the mix. Um, is there going to be more of little critters? Oh, no. They just keep oh, yeah. coming in and in, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is the newest edition, but it doesn't end here. Okay. Um, I do have a question. He ended up stealing a key, which I kind of didn't understand. What was the key that he stole at the no, end? No, wait. Are you talking? Wait. Are you talking about the scene where um, Wynn and Cav are in the cottage and like they're having sex, and then the 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 ferret comes in and like steals the key, so they're not allowed out or whatever. Is that what it was that the he stole the key and they're locked in? I think it was the key to the door. Oh, okay. And they're locked in there for who knows how long. Right? But they never showed them come out. So no. I don't know how they got out. Broke a window. 
It's Kev. I mean, I'm pretty sure he knows that I like pickle lock or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the key will come back. I have no idea. I don't remember. I just love that um, Beatrix's ferret uh, steals as well. Yeah. Like, you know, like mother, like child. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I think in this book, you really finally get the full sense of what the Hathaway family is like, and you see their chemistry Mm. amongst each other, and they honestly feel like a real family. Like, I honestly feel like I know the Hathaway family because of, like, how close-knit they are, and, like, the Mm -hmm. chemistry between all these characters. I feel like they each complement each other really well, including Dodger. It's a different kind of bond than the Wildflower. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's probably more complex as a result because... These are not people that chose each other. It's yeah. people that were born, you know, of the same blood and yeah. had to, you know, coexist. So, you know, it, it it's not perfect, but it, that's what families are, right? That's what makes it feel so real. It's like, yeah, you recognize that, like, you know, sibling bond and sibling rivalry in between people. And, um, yeah, speaking of, um, there was a reveal of a little secret here in this book yeah but before we get to it i kind of wanted to talk about like the portrayal of the romani people oh okay sure no i just wanted to like you know just mention and note that like Mm -hmm. in this book i feel like we see a different side of them in the sense where we actually get to see them and like have Mm. dialogue with them and also just like the way like their presence is like interwoven in like the story with kev and like i feel like you get more of like a romani sense of kev than you did of cam because he was very much embedded. And he never identified it as anything else. He didn't know he was, you know, half Irish until later on, yeah. like, until this book. But, yeah, yeah, I just, I liked, I liked seeing it. Yeah, I love the little uh, dancing scene at the end. The betrothal, like, you yeah. Put your hand, yeah. You put your hands in the air and your feet to the ground. Yeah. Like, it was just it. like a celebration of their culture. And I feel like it was great to see other members of the ton there. Like, I not the ton, but sorry, of, like, the family. They're, like, part of, like, the celebration. But I feel like he needed to celebrate both sides of himself, you know? Like, he is he is a Romany, but he's also, you know, part of the Hathaways. But also, he, he had no, like... You know how Cam was kind of, like, always longing to go back to that lifestyle? Yeah. Probably because he knew he had been taken out of it, and he had these, like, ideals of it that he wanted to go back to. Um, you know, justifiably so, but uh, mm-hmm. for for Kev, I never got the feeling that he wanted to go back to it. So he was very much like grounded in his culture still, and yet not fully a part of it. He was, you know, with the Hathaways and um, kind of happily coexisting with the two cultures in a way. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't get the feelings here that I got with Cam where yeah. he kind of lets that dream go and he's like, all right, I guess I'll never go back to that. Yeah. You know, here it's like, no, it was always a part of him. So it's not like an issue. No, and I think for the difference in this case was, this going to sound really corny, but I feel like Cam had found his home with Wynn and he wasn't really, he found his like mm-hmm. resting place with Wynn and he wasn't searching for anything else. Um, Noah sounded really hot. Oh my and, gosh. Um, Noah sounded so hot. I'm sad that he never got a book. Yeah, we never, we never, we never see more of him. No, no, no. He has mm. long, dark hair and 
like right from that sentence I was like sold I no know. and I love how Kev was like and he was a very attractive man and I was like for Kev right? to notice this for Kev he to must notice be hella that, hot yeah dead gorgeous yeah um but to go back to what I wanted to talk yes. about which was the big reveal here um Cam and Kev are in fact related they are brothers thank you Maury <laughs> Uh, S, thoughts, feelings. I mean, you. I think you. You said last episode that you. I think you. You kind of suspected they that were. Yeah, they siblings. were related siblings or cousins. But I. Yeah. I. I thought that Kev is the older one, right? And then Cam is yeah. the younger one. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't remember that. I thought it was the yeah. opposite. For some reason, I thought Kev would be the older and Kev would be the younger. How did you feel about their reaction to that? I feel like they suspected it, but didn't. I don't even know how to say it. Kind of didn't want it to be true, or they didn't want to get their hopes up, and then turn out not to be related, <clears throat> or from the same tribe, or no. I was just gonna say when Kev found out that you know Cam was potentially his brother or is his brother, mm-hmm. he's like how you would expect him to be. He was very like, nah, doesn't change anything. You're not my brother. Blood mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. And Cam's like, I want family, so I you are my brother. Did you expect that reaction <laughs> from the two of them? I mean, it's very in character yeah. for both of them. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's yeah. exactly what you expect. Yeah. yeah. I did not expect Kev, you know, welcoming that bond anytime soon. For Cam, I think he always, you know, the, the bigger the family can be, the, the happier he <laughs> is. You know, for him, he, he did describe this as his tribe. You know, to him, it's just welcoming more people and yeah. making them their fa- his family. For Kev, he was very reluctant to actually dig up the truth. Kev. Because yeah. he knew. Like, I think both of them knew it would be true, but they, they kind of, Kev didn't want to, you know, the com- he didn't want the confirmation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Because he's such a lone wolf, I would say. Mm. Um, but also, like, seeing Cam as, like, the big brother. Like, I feel like I kind of personally still see, still see him as, like, the big brother, but he's more so of, like, the... Like now he's an authoritative figure in the Hathaway family, and I thought it was interesting mm. seeing him in that light, because like now he's yeah. like he's got a big fam, and I just love seeing that for him. But doesn't it work out just perfectly? Like Cam is the head of the Hathaway family, and now Kev has a fortune yes. in the making. He's gonna be an earl. <laughs> like this man's gonna go live in Ireland. Did you expect that a uh, little plot twist? Like him being able to, yeah, no, I wasn't expecting that at all. Now he's hella rich. Good for him. <laughs> and Makes for him even better. <laughs> <laughs> now he's hot and rich. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that he only took the money. Sorry, I was just gonna say I love that he only agreed to that, you know, position and the money for Win because he's like he wants to give Win all the opportunities she can have. And, like, I just, I love that for this man. He is so... And yet she would live in, like, a cottage being dirt poor with him, you know? Like, it doesn't matter to her. It doesn't, but for him, he wants her to have the very best. And I just, like, love that in a man, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've established that Kev is very much the man who will literally do anything to give the woman that he loves everything she wants in life. Um, however, one thing that, uh, Wynn very, very much wants is babies. Yeah. Um, 
And that's something she longs for and that she's been told by doctors, a.k.a. Dr. Hell No, um, (laughs) that she couldn't have uh, because of her health. It was, you know, supposedly dangerous that, you know, it would probably kill her or whatever. And um, Kev obviously has this, like, you know, anxiety about the whole thing because, you know, it's the trope where he literally believes that he could kill her with his dick. Um, Love that. But he's he's scared of that and he doesn't want to give her that. And that's part of why also he doesn't want to marry her because he's absolutely terrified of, of consummating the marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this very... Uh, good scene where she's with so it's a scene where dr harrow is there she's there and kev is there and she's with someone's child i believe it's annabelle's and hunt's baby is that possible there's a child and she's with the child or she sees i think it's annabelle taking care of of or is it not amelia no amelia is pregnant no amelia is pregnant at that point um anyway and he sees just how much she, she wants, wants this. Anyway, I just want your thoughts on essentially that whole debate, you know, because it is kind of the heart of the plot is this uh, problem between the two of them. You know, she wants kids. She thinks that she she can, and she's not scared of the possible, you know, risks. Yeah. He's unwilling to uh, accept that and to give her what she wants in this instance because he's terrified of the risks. Yeah. What did you guys think? I think it just shows it just shows how much he loves her and cares about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not willing to risk it even though, I mean, she can have kids. I feel like the yeah. way Dr. Harrow played it up, I just wanted to punch him when he had the conversation yeah, with the guys. Yeah, I honestly feel like he was lying about it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I didn't believe it for a second because the of his, his intent. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it was Kev really cared about when and he wanted her to be alive and, you know, for her to just be alive. Mm-hmm. But she wanted yeah. to be able to have a life and live a life. And for her, that meant having children and being married yeah. and like having a life in that sense. I think uh, this could be an instance that would make some readers roll their eyes and be like, can you guys not talk to each other for fuck's sake? Like, whatever. But to me, I actually understood both sides of that argument very well because you completely understand where Wynn is coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, she's spent so much of her life not being able to do anything, not being able to reach for her own happiness. And she's at a point where she's like... This is my body, and if I so choose to use it in this matter to have the kids that I want in my life, then that is a risk that I'm willing to take, Yes, mm-hmm. and it's my body, my own risks. But you also understand his perspective where he's like, well, I should be made aware of that. You shouldn't be lying to me if I'm participating in something that might put you at risk. I also have the right to not want to participate yeah. in that, you know? So you see both of the their sides and yeah, I just think it's it's a it's a great conversation 
that they have, yeah. that they end up having on that front. How did you feel about the lie, though? She, because she tells him and every not everyone, but him basically, hmm. that uh, she saw a doctor in London and the doctor said it's A-OK, she can have children, no problem. And she tells this to Kev and that was kind of the green light for them to have sex and consummate their relationship. How did you feel yeah. about the little lie? I mean, I wasn't mad at her. You know, like I, I understand yeah. her part of wanting kids and wanting to take control of that. And yeah, but I also understand why Kev was upset. Yeah. And I love her little justification. It was like, you know, Dr. Harrow said I can go to millions of doctors and one of them will give me the answer I want to hear. So she's like, so instead of like wasting my time, the doctor in my head said, yes, I can have children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't fault her for lying. You know, I think she understands that that's the only way she was ever going to get him to accept Mm -hmm. this. Which, you know, it's never great to start things on lies. I'll admit that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if she truly believes something and she believes that her body is capable of doing this thing and she wants it and she's aware of the risks, it's not like she's, you know, uh, blinded to them and, like, pretending like they're not there... Um, then why not? Yeah. And I just love that when their kid is born, well, first of all, they had to, they got, they had to get Kev drunk during the birth Mm -hmm. process. I know. And then afterwards, I just love that when he sees his kid for the first time, he literally cries in relief. He cries. He He bawls his eyes out. And he knocks out. He literally knocks out beside her because he was so stressed. I love it. And exhausted. Um, okay, but speaking of, we didn't even mention, I f- like, we jumped all around in this episode. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we really did. So sorry. Yeah, but speaking of an, uh, a situation where her choice was taken away from her, and I'm speaking of the compromise. I know where you're going, girl, and let's go fucking there, because that asshole. Yes. Okay. Continue. Uh, the compromise of when. So, like, uh, you know, earlier we mentioned she's yeah. on the terrace with Mary Penn. He did his love confession, and kind of at that moment, it was like, you know, it was heated, and they made out, um, <clears throat> nips were shown, things like that. They uh, kind of get seen by someone in, at the party, and quickly, rumor spreads around that uh, Wynn is very loose with her affections, and, you know, she was compromised, and so she ends up in the library with her whole family, with, I believe Simon was also there, and the doctor, and Kev is also there, and... They're trying to figure out what happened, and they know she was compromised, and they all know it was Kev, but who steps up to uh, save her virtue? Doctor, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) And who stayed silent during the whole ordeal? Kev stays silent. Doctor, hell no, walks in. He's like, I'm the one who compromised her. We'll get married by morning. And Kev stays silent. Why? Because of that quote that Seth read where he literally said, I would rather see her married off to that cold asshole than to be married to me. And he lets it happen. Even though she's unhappy. He can literally see that that makes her unhappy. Like, they share a look. And she's literally begging him with her eyes to acknowledge that he's the one who compromised her. And he refuses to do so yes as was this another bitch ass kev bitch ass bowen <laughs> bitch ass kev <laughs> definitely yeah how did you feel about him not standing up though did you expect him to be like actually i did 
Yeah, so I expected him to speak up and then for him to kind of keep her at arm's length mm-hmm. for a while. But yeah, it did piss me off that he stayed quiet and he didn't speak up, even after yeah. Dr. Harrell claimed that it was him and whatnot. And I love for when that was kind of a turning point for her. She's like, you know what? This man will never acknowledge his feelings for me. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell Dr. Hell no to uh, speed up the marriage and let's get married next week. And she was like, she was fully ready to do that mm-hmm. um, and let go of her feelings for Kev until he kidnapped her, of course. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, it is important how much she's not holding on to someone who is not showing her that he wants her. Exactly. Or that he's he's going to step forward and say so. You yeah. know, like, got to appreciate and respect that. You know, she's like, all right, fine. She's not happy about it. And she knows it won't be, you know, the the best marriage marriage she could have had. But she's like, I'll make do with it. And mm-hmm. we'll probably grow to care about each other and we'll be fine. Yeah. What she doesn't know is that her future husband is a murderer but you know that's besides the point i know (laughs) no i was just gonna say um after they were uh kev and win had sex he kind of mentions to win he was like um you know he would not have let the marriage happen he would have dragged her from the wedding if he had to do you believe that do you think he would have done that no do you think he's just saying that no i think he's He's willing to make himself unhappy enough to not do that. But he said he would have, and he wouldn't be able to let her. Marry I don't. Else. I don't believe that. You don't. I don't believe yeah. that. He's a martyr. He was. He would have. He would have just, you know, stood by the sidelines and watched her got, get married to a man who would have made her unhappy. Yeah. And probably killed her eventually. Yeah. I, I believe that. <laughs> then he would have murdered the bastard three times over. But, yeah. you know. No, if Leo didn't have that talk with him, I honestly feel like we would be reading a different book. Yeah. It's a it's a very important moment. And, and again, not just for Kev, but for Leo. For Leo. It just shows how much work... Yeah, he's, he's done. done with himself. Yeah, because beforehand, he would never have been able to even contemplate a discussion with the name Laura, you know? Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like we should also acknowledge his growth as a person as well. Um, did you guys see that clip of, what's his name? Is it Andrew Garfield or something on Late Show or whatever with... Um, Oh, about grief? Yeah, talking about grief, his yeah. conversation about grief. It reminds me of Leo here. Really? I didn't of watch how it. You have to you have to change the way that you see grief. Andrew was saying, is that Andrew Garfield? Is that his, his name? Yeah. Um, he was saying, because he lost his mother, and he was saying that um, grief is the love that you didn't get to express to the person that you love, essentially that like he sees it as just an opportunity to keep on loving that person to, to keep. So he, he was saying like, I hope that grief never leaves me. I hope I continue to grieve my mother my whole life so that I can keep on showing her the love that I have for her. It's a beautiful way of seeing grief. Um, and I think, I think Leo is, is, slowly but surely uh you know heading in that direction where he's finally able to the 
not see griefs as something that haunts him or as something that, you know, he's never going to be able to climb out of, you know, and, and you don't have to, you know, grief is something that I think you carry your whole life. Yeah. Um, it comes in waves and it's just never going to leave you. And there are moments where you really wish that person was still there and they're not. And that's okay. You know, you can acknowledge that and move on, but, you know, not let that make you unhappy or whatnot. So anyway, I just, um, yeah, I don't know why it reminded me of that, but it did. <laughs> no, no, that I have to go watch that clip. I like Andrew. Um, so should we get into the monster? Sure. Of the book. Sure. Unless you guys had any other scenes in particular you wanted to discuss. Oh, yes. I Sorry, I wanted to talk quickly about the poor Cam getting poisoned with the poison oh, that yeah. was made for, for Cam. Yeah. Did you fear for his life for a moment there? Yeah. As, as... A little a little bit. There was, there was a moment where, like, if she fucking kills him, like, that's it. I'm done with the series. But then I know, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. I love how his one thought was Amelia. Like, you know, he was, like, yeah. grieving the loss, you know, like, the lost yeah. possibility of, like, growing old with her, like, you know, seeing her. And just, like, it was just Amelia he was thinking about. And I'm like, boy. Yeah. Literally the last word on his lips as he was dying was Amelia. And then the first word when he woke up again was Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. I know. Ugh. Makes me all warm and fuzzy. Oh, I thought you were going to say it makes me all horny. I know. I heard horny too, right? I mean. Um, no, but I want to bring up that scene because I feel like that's when Kev kind of had a wake-up call and he was like, this yeah. is my brother and I want mm-hmm, to be able yeah. to love him and I want to be able to call him my brother. And like he was He so claims so him as his brother. I think it, it surprises him. Like he kind of just does it and then he's like, oh, wow, I just called him my brother like that with like strangers like i acknowledged that we are brothers and he's like okay well it's done now like it's out it's out there we're brothers we acknowledge that and like he starts acting like a brother no and he like he even mentions in like his inner dialogue he's talking about he like laments about him not accepting cam as his brother earlier on he kind of like Mm -hmm. has a moment of like self-hate where he's like why would i not you know like I don't know, I just felt like that scene was really important for him. Of course it was. But also for them to finally get the full truth of, like, who they are and, like, what they mean to each other. Although I did not like Cam dying, almost dying. I mean, it was a little stressful, even for me, knowing that he's not going to die. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, she really really makes it seem like he's dying, you know? His heart is, like, he's got heart palpitations and his eyes are, I, I, I don't know. I was like, okay, Cam. Something's wrong. I didn't remember the poisoning, so I'm like, what the heck? I was like, is this man having yeah. an early heart attack? Is he having a stroke? Is right? he having a panic attack? What's going on? Right? <laughs> same, same. I didn't remember that. So when it started happening, I was like, what the hell is going on here? He's yeah. like 30-something. Why is he having a heart attack <laughs> out in the woods? <laughs> All right, let's get into the monster of this book. As? Um, For... Kev. Well, I only have it for Kev. For okay, Kev, yeah, I just have down that his monster is not feeling worthy mm. of having that constant thought in his head of not being yeah. worthy enough for Wynn, mm-hmm. of not being able to love her the way she deserves. I have a little quote uh, for him. Uh, it's Cam's POV, and he says, what if you were 
taught all your all during your childhood that the only reason to your existence for your existence was to inflict pain on others that violence was all you were good for how do you unlearn that you can't you cover it as best as you can always aware of what lies beneath the surface so yeah that's essentially you know how he feels that yeah. he's only good for violence and pain darkness he's you know the hades to her persephone yeah and i think having cam's dialogue and just having his perspective on certain aspects in this book is really important because he's very much in touch with his emotions and he's very much mm. you know capable of naming his emotions whereas kev on the flip side is not able to do that yeah, yeah. they kind of are night and day as far as like brothers yeah <laughs> but i feel like yeah. kev um, is able to he won't be able to explain Express it, like say it out loud, but he's able to do little things for show her, it. show it. But by mm. the end, he's like really romantic with his words. Like, yeah. oh yeah, he can't Agreed. like have. I don't know, man. A, mm. a flip, like a switch, got flipped inside him, and he's mm. like, he's just spewing out prose. Like, yeah. yeah. But do you feel that that ever really got resolved, as far as his feelings towards himself? No, I don't think so. But I think this quote explains it. You know, when Cam says, how do you unlearn that? You can't. He's, he's, that will be a part of him and his journey mm -hmm. for the entirety of his life. He grew up that way. He, that's just, you know. He hasn't learned to love himself. And I feel like even by the end of this book, like we just said, I don't get the sense that he like loves himself, but he's content with himself. And I do feel like he's living for when and not for himself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, if Wynne oh, yeah. somehow, like, disappears, she dies, dies? or whatever, <sighs> he doesn't stand it's a chance. Over. He literally, like, he cannot live without her. He is living for her. His reason for living is for her. Do you think he would He would keep on living, living for their kids, though? I, I think he's the type of guy that will wither away and be, like, a shadow of the man he once was. Even uh, with his children. We've read a lot of books with parents like that, yeah. haven't we? We have. He, I, th I agree. I agree. It's that kind of relationship where the love between those two people does prevail over... His love for his children. The love that they may have for their kids, yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but like... Yeah. Like I said, man, I want a man that loves me the way Kev loved Wynn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, as for, uh, Wynne, there's an interesting passage where they're arguing, her and Kev, and he says, you were never alone, you've never been unloved, and she says, I want to be loved as a woman, not as a child, a sister, or an invalid, and I think that's where it lies for her, mm -hmm. the whole monster, is she's tired of being seen as everything besides a woman who is capable of desire, who is capable yeah. of love, who is capable of being loved and desired. All those things. Like, she's tired of not being seen as that. And oh my god, does it hit, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, and I think her strength does lie in not acclimating to that idea that she is just this yeah. and this and this she becomes yeah. stronger because she wants she's fighting for more she knows what she wants and she's chasing after it she's not settling for that yeah it's it's 
it's interesting. You know, I don't think that there are any other characters like her on that front. No. From what I can remember anyway. I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I'm meaning like, you know, Lisa Claypool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll say. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I honestly just appreciate that with every book, you know, she tries to bring in something new, a different perspective to, you know, show us different kinds of women, different yeah. kinds mm-hmm. of of women with different backgrounds, different kinds of men with different backgrounds. And yeah, how does that, you know, work? And yeah, I just appreciate that, you know, she's, it's just, it's very varied in that way. And I feel like in the same case for her males as well, they're all very different. And I think Cam and Kev, you might worry that their stories might be the same because they are both Romani people. You kind of worry that maybe their stories could marry each other, but like they're not marry each other, but like be so similar to one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but nope, that's not the case. They're so different. It's important to have characters like like Wynne that, you know, have those feelings because Lord knows we can all empathize. Yes. True. Yeah, did you have anything, Zeph? No, I have nothing left. That was my notes are done. So, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna jump right over ranking the characters for a moment there. What are, what do you mean? Are we done? We're done. Oh. That has been all for this episode of Romancing the Monsters. Thanks so much for joining us. Look at her trying to close off the episode. You wish. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's start. The ranking of the Hathaways. You got Amelia and Wynne, and then you have Cam and Kev, brothers and sisters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, this one's easy for me. It's, okay, second spot for the males is Cam, and then first spot's Kev, and then for the females, it's Amelia and then Wynne. Yeah, same for me. Uh, you started from the bottom or the top? So the bottom. Okay, so then, yeah, same for me, I yeah, would okay. say. Yeah, all right, that was easy. Wow, we're in agreement for both men and women. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> um, so, this is, in fact, it for this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it was a little bit chaotic, I won't lie. We were kind of <laughs> all over the place, but hopefully you were able to follow along. Uh, we probably forgot a lot of things. Um, so if that's the case and it's something that you really wanted us to talk about or get our perspectives on or you have something you, you want to say to us about it, um, you can reach us online. We are on uh, Instagram at Romance and the Monsters Podcast as well as on Twitter at the RTM Pod. Also on TikTok at Romance and the Monsters Pod and YouTube. Just search for the name of our podcast and you should be able to find us. You can also email us if you prefer the longer form. Uh, we love emails. Uh, you can find us at podcast at gmail.com. Why are you making that face, though? Because I was dying. You're like, we love emails. We do. We love emails. I love getting them. It makes me feel special. <laughs> they are. Um, and if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on both uh, Instagram and Twitter at uh, Foes and Lovers. Forgot there for <laughs> who am I? And you can find me S on both Twitter and Instagram at but this book. And you can find me Seth on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, please feel free to subscribe uh, to our podcast on any of the podcast platforms. Um, and also, if you can rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. If you would like yeah. to. <laughs> 
two weeks from now, we'll be reading Tempt Me at Twilight. So Ooh. get a head start with that. Start reading that if you want to read along with us. Harry, Poppy, we'll see. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> You're such a nerd. We'll see. Um, see you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>